Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast. This week is a jam-packed agenda, uh, kicking off with the Monte Carlo Rally. In fact, we're not. We're going to kick off with the FIA, as we normally do, because it's still still going on there. Uh, FI at the Monte Carlo Rally, which was terribly exciting. Loads going on there. Uh, snow, ice, all sorts of conditions. Uh, Abu Dhabi, a bit of uh, pre-season testing, as there was with, um, well, there's more than pre-season testing, but over in the USA, ready for Daytona as well. So, ram-packed. But I'm going to start with the FIA because it's not going away. If anyone's on Twitter, uh, you'll probably notice many, many different threads about the FIA and uh, what are they going to do? And there's going to be a boycott, apparently, Tiff. There's going to be a boycott for the first race of the season, for every race of the season, because Lewis fans are not happy. They'll be watching. If he's there, they'll be watching. The protest goes on, but so um, Lewis is keeping admirably quiet. I wonder where he is, Lewis. Let's have a let's have a where's not where's Wally? Where's Lewis? It's Lewis. Right he it's, must, where is Lewis? He's one of the most recognisable sports people in the world. Yeah. Surely somebody must no know where he is. Has where anybody is seen a paparazzi photo? Because until Will this FIA <laughs> Will he be at the first race of the season? Will we see Lewis Hamilton? What do you think? Let us know in the comments below. Uh, I think he will be there for sure. However frustrated he must be, he'll be there for sure. <laughs> even Nick Knowles, DIY SOS, yes. in the UK, even he's waiting in. I didn't realise he's such a big motorsport fan, Formula One fan. And he's yeah. saying it's a it's a pantomime. It's a, it's a farce, uh, what happened with the FIA. And the FIA, I think we all agree, have to do something about it, have to address it. <sighs> Uh, and stop delaying and stop saying you're going to announce it at the first race of the season. Get on with it now. We want to know what your thoughts are. We want to know what your final decisions are about it and if Michael Massey is still going to be around. Do you think he's still going to be around? Do you think Lewis Hamilton is going to turn up for the first race of the season, Tiff? <laughs> I can't see them both turning up. <laughs> oh, I think Massey will be, Massey's going to be fiddled in as an assistant and quietly kept to the background. I bet they'll still keep paying him and... Um, of course, we won't hear from race directors anymore. That's the first thing that will happen. Race directors will no longer be heard on TV productions. So um, we probably won't even know who the race director is. They'll sneak someone in with dark glasses on under a black hood so nobody knows who the race director is and they'll hide in race control. Yeah, perhaps. Well, it's funny because Nick Knowles picked up on what something you've mentioned a few times about the Sky Sports and it almost seems like they're um, manipulating yeah, yeah, maybe that's a very yeah, strong yeah. word but other than Johnny <laughs> Herbert um, who says that there has to be something done with Massey everyone else is saying look let's get on with it let's kick this under the carpet let's move on what an entertaining season probably the most entertaining season we've ever seen but it's not about just entertainment we know entertainment sells uh, whatever it is the FIA want which is a lot of money but um, it's not just it's Grand Prix racing it's Grand Prix racing the peak of motorsport all over the world. It's not some flipping go-kart race. It's with integrity, uh, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's everything that goes with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and trust is a key thing as well. We need to know the next season. You know, Max fans, if it's if roles are reversed next season with George or with Lewis, what are you going to think if if the, the identical thing happened? You're not going to be very happy. None of us are going to be very happy. We don't want to see a repeat of what happened in Abu Dhabi. Nobody does. Right, let's go on to some proper racing. Yes. Monte Carlo. Monaco. Yes, there Monte was Carlo. some epic motorsport of the weekend. The Monte Carlo Rally. Surprisingly dry, but some nasty, little icy stages early morning that were catching a few out with a smattering of snow. 
But we had this just awesome battle between the two retired Sebs. And, you know, they just showed how great they are. And I'm, I'm trying to look at who's going to really replace them. The fact the Loeb can dust off all the, all the desert from um, Saudi sand out of his shoes and then come <laughs> and do the Monte Carlo rally. With a new co-driver, I forgot her female's name, apologise immediately. I haven't got written the name down. But she has done a lot of testing with Seb, so she knows Seb and she paced her. It was wonderful for her to win, win that Monte Carlo rally. Um, but yeah, it was a classic rally so fast. And of course, it was this result in the end, a one, two, three, for the Ford team, for Malcolm Wilson's amazing M Sport team up in Cumbria, uh, who blew away the, the big two Hyundai and uh, Toyota with these new regulations, of course, with the hybrid systems. And of course, Bin Salai on the FIA had sort of said we need more manufacturers in rallying because we've only got two and a half. Two and a half, and they went on to win first, third and fifth, wasn't it? Yeah. They're the half. But of course, it was the week after that, the rally director left, you know, whether because he, he'd also been trying to promote more manufacturers, whether he felt it was a slap on the face uh, from Bin Salim saying there's only two and a half. But it was an awesome. And of course, with the speeds there, I mean, those drops at the rally, they became more and more treacherous. We saw Craig Breen go off down the side of a ravine uh, before the rally even started, then in the rally itself, Formay and the other, the, the fourth of the Fords, just went barrel rolling off into a ravine. Um, and I think luckily caught the top of a fir tree, but like Tanak did when he had that terrifying off last year or the year before. Um, but incredibly, the crew got out of this absolutely smashed. And, I mean, the, the credit to the designers, the, the roll cage, I think they all have the same roll cage. That's a regulation uh, rollover cage inside. Uh, then during the rally, Oliver Solberg locked up downhill just straight off. I mean, luckily he was into some bushes. Um, he was having problems, to be fair to him, because he was getting gassed by some exhaust fumes. And then even Elfin Evans. You see Elfin Evans? No, poor Elfin. I mean, he was no, on he won a stage, so Elfin well. Evans. No, we were no, cheering no. you. We thought this is it. It's coming home. But how did the car stay there? It was like the Italian job. I mean, the, <laughs> the car was... It went off backwards. And I don't know what stopped it. It was a very steep drop, not longer below him, but he, he got dragged back on by the spectators. They had a red flag that says, but it was just full of drama. And, you know, we had Ogier leading with about, about 23 seconds on the penultimate stage. It looked like he was going to cruise. It had a puncture and started the final stage with a nine second penalty. Then he had a 10 second jump start penalty, and um, he lost around by 10 and a half seconds. So if he hadn't got the jump start, he would lost around about half a second to Sebastian Lowe. Wow. Um, so it made this wonderful one three five for the for the for the Ford team um, with Craig Breen, a very solid third. And, you know, having had that off in test, he might have felt a bit uh, more sensitive. Uh, Gus Greensmith, sorry, Gus Kip, I was just going to say, win. what a beautiful looking car as well. I mean, they're all yeah, lovely looking. But that, that livery, awesome. the purple livery, yeah. looked amazing. Yes, a Gus Greensmith, fifth. He loved his new. He kept on saying in those interviews, you know, I just love this car, I love this car. He had a, he's had a torrid couple of years with a car that wasn't that good. And, you know, if you're not the best rally driver, your car's not good. But he won a stage. Uh, Chris Ingram, we're championing our WRC2, our only uh, British WRC2 entry. He had an awful day one, stuck in third gear. He's dreaming his first Monte Carlo race. Can you imagine? He's found all the sponsors. He got to Monte Carlo. Well, he stuck in third gear. He lost about four minutes, oh, dropped to 42nd place. But he fought back to 14th overall. And um, I think without the, uh, the three minutes he lost on that on that first night, he was sure being on the podium for WRC2. WRC2. Um, I forgot Eamon Boland. There were two Irish boys 
Craig Breen and Eamon Bowden. One name I missed from the age, someone pointed it out to me, and I'm quite correct and apologetic. And Eamon finished uh, 31st overall. But, um, you know, it was terrible for the, for the Hyundais, you know, Hyundais. Tanak crashed out, damaged the car. I think Thierry Nouvelle salvaged what sixth place. Then we had a shock absorber come up through his bonnet. The strap broken. Katsuda was eighth. Um, of course, you already mentioned Oliver Solberg. He was uh, fumed. So they had a terrible time. Uh, and it was really down to Toyota to take the challenge to Fords. But yeah, it was an epic stuff. And when Cali Rotherham Perry, we have to mention, because he's uh, the other two, he's the Toyota kid, what, he's 21. Uh, he was fourth place, he was quickest to the last day. And you're sort of looking for the next Seb, because you know, I'm not sure Elfin Evans is, I think Elfin is very, very good, and Craig Breen, they're very, very good. But the two Sebs, you know, coming back as they did, both Last retired, as it were. And I think, you know, the Cali Rovampera at the moment is the one I see as a sort of potential Seb for the future. But I, I always love Elfin. I, don't, I bet he hates the onboards because he always looks like he's been chased by the police, doesn't he? He's always like, what, 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 what? And he's sort of, Whereas the Sebs just seem to be all in. I know it's a, it's a style, you know, there'll be many other rally drivers like Elfin that have looked, you know, fairly frantic, but uh, I'm sure he doesn't like those on boards with his face huffing and puffing, but I, very entertaining. I mean, I still think, I mean, everybody wants live rallying. I don't think it works. You know, I watched some BT Sport live rallies, some of the stages they'd live, and it, it's so repetitive. What more can they do? You know, they've got the yeah. onboards. Here's they, another they car the, that goes everyone starts. A, yeah. It's a profile of the car down to the rear wheel. Car starts. End of stage. Interview. Yeah, and the sort of interviews will say, "Oh, it must be fantastic. How brilliant is this car to drive?" Well, I had a puncture and a little bit of understeer, and the uh, the my, my, my hybrid's not working properly. <laughs> it's very hard to make it exciting when it's just same same. But yeah, the Eurosport reports that I watched was unfortunately 11 p.m. You know, they're really good. They sort of you know, put all the best bits in. And it's what, of course, I did with the BBC Grandstand team back in the, whenever I did rallying in the 1990s. And we made these great stories every year. Was that with evening. Dickie Davis? No, quite. Well, Dickie might be around. But <laughs> who was, the, who was, it was, who was Grandstand back in the day with you? That's BBC. Well, Grandstand would have been Boff, wasn't it? Boff? Yeah. What was his first name? Boff, David Boff, Boff, wasn't it? Boff? No, Hugh Boff. Hugh Boff. No, anyway. Forgot. Anyway, I think those getting Frank. better, you know, Frank, Frank Boff. Boff. Yeah. You know, getting better uh, evening uh, results and, and, and looking back. Because anyway, you can really tell the race, the story, you know, of how people are coming up and down the grid. But uh, and and Lowe's co-driver was, was uh, excuse my pronunciation, but Isabel. Galmechi. Uh, that's, that's probably why I couldn't remember. She's it. 50 years old and she's the first lady to have won in 25 years on the um, WRC rally. Good so, for uh, She's a maths teacher. Apparently. She's been teaching in some school. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, she, she always looks so calm, you know, and uh, some wonderful stories from Monte Carlo. We needed some wonderful motorsport stories. You know, we got them from Rally World. Do you know, I, I kind of lived it through yourself on Twitter and also Jay Ward from Ford on Twitter, which was lovely because. Uh, you know Jay, obviously, um, yeah. um, and uh, uh, he's uh, he works for Ford. But it was lovely from his. He, he, I felt the emotion from him when he's on Twitter. Oh, we're so close, we're so near. And then yes, we won. It was it was brilliant. You really feel like you're there with uh, with, with Twitter. It's brilliant. Um, so anyway, so yeah, very good. Uh, congratulations to everybody there. Can we go one year, Tiff? Can we go and have a look one one year? A bit cold, yes. isn't it? Well, Ford, we just told Ford. Um, well, <laughs> hey, hey, listening, listening we, we'd love to come out and watch closer up with the Monte Carlo rally next year. 
Maybe um, maybe to warmer climates and a time for us to move to warmer climates as well to Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah, back and, into the back into the famous Yas Marina circuit <laughs> for more controversy. Oh, it's become a children's playground last weekend. You um, can't say that. There were young well, people. Fifteen and six. When when you start being a child, I'm not quite sure. I guess everyone's a child. Everyone's a child, aren't they? Everybody. I still feel like a child at seventy. It's something that I, I'm not sure I like or approve of because it's these winter series that are growing and growing and growing. So there were two championships. There's four weekends on the trust. The first weekend they went to Yas Marina, then uh, they go to Dubai for the next three weekends. And it's a championship, for, they call it Formula 4 UAE, um, although it's just anyone wants to go. And there's also a Formula Regional Asian series. They've both got like 27 car entries. So that's 55 under the age of voting human beings wow. that have to take their parents out. A huge cost. Wow. They're out in the Middle East for the month of January. And this is all about testing for their main series, which will be Formula 3 or International Formula 4 or Formula 2. So it's literally, you know, just getting experience of their cars. But a huge cost. I can't I even afford it, a tractor at Donington oh, no. for my cage room as part of a I just 70 it, other people. It's such an unnecessary <laughs> extra expense. The FIA should ban these series. Stop all this testing and expense because drivers with less budget are so disadvantaged. Yeah, I mean, some on, of the women in the W Series, they said, because Jamie Chadwick did this, you know, she came to the W Series having done a winter race series, which the other girls had never any women people um didn't have that money to do and therefore they felt very much up against it because their first w series race was their first race of the year you can't so ban somebody you can't ban somebody for doing more testing that's it's that's the way the well i don't know year. i know they all go off to spain now they're for months of tests well you can ban testing formula one's ban testing yeah, yeah so why can't you ban testing in these these lower formats because it gives such an advantage to the, to the kids with the richer fathers yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I mean, look at the, I go back to Cage from again. It's a brilliant uh, uh, way to uh, analogies because look at the the guy that won it last year in the Cage from Academy. He spent rumored to spend over two hundred thousand pounds on a Cage from Academy uh, pre-season <laughs> testing. So for for eighteen months or two years, whatever it was for one of the other guys, uh, he's still te he's testing today on Instagram. I've sent some. Uh, messages and rumored to spend about eighty thousand. This is atrums. Goodness knows mm. what these guys in in you know real uh, race cars are spending. Crazy. Anyway, we had some. But it's a bit, it kicked off a bit Sorry. though, didn't it? Didn't it kick off a bit over there with? Uh, That's later. Of... That was in the Formula Renault. Just quickly, the Formula Four. We've only got three Brits out of the twenty-seven drivers. But they did quite well. Aidan Neat, son of uh, Andy Neat, he had yeah. a couple of second places. Uh, was it Taylor Barnard had a win? Uh, and Ollie Gray had a third place. So our three Brits all had a podium. The star was Andrea Antonelli, who's this very highly fancied Italian. Um, and then in Formula and during that Formula Four series, they had something like 37 penalties dished out by stewards, not for dangerous driving or anything like that. No, for going across pit exit lines or missing the chequered flag, which I think some catering <laughs> driver did last year and did an extra lap and got reprimanded. I can't remember his name. And the other series is called Formula Regional Asian, which is doing the same four-weekend schedule. These are sort of the old Formula 3 guys. come from the original Formula 3 for about three years ago. Um, and again, you know, We've only got one Briton at Frederick Lubin, but Oliver Beerman, our much talented youngster, he's coming in for the last two. But you know, it's just 
just more testing for those that can afford it. Gabriel Mini, another Italian, is leading the series. But um, second is Arthur Leclerc, brother of Charles. And third is Sebastian Montoya, son of uh, Montoya. So plenty of big names out there. But in one of the races, I mean, I think it was in, it wasn't the Formula Regional, a French kid, what was it called, Hadrian David. And it's probably Yaz, it's this modern circuit. And it brought us, it highlighted, I've been Twittering yesterday and it's gone crazy on Twitter. Because this kid, he went way out, he went miles off on the tarmac. He came back on, yeah. Came back on, but he was actually, when he, when he came out of the corner, he was on the gearbox of the car in front. But because he then shot wide, he came off the time at higher speed. He was exiting the corner yeah. quicker because yeah. he'd been off road, gaining advantage. Yeah. He then slams it down the inside, and the guy on the outside, there were two already, he made it three abreast, of course, they all collided, because the next corner was a flat-out um, single-file corner. And, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how we stop it. So that with a debate that has been raging on Twitter, we can rage down below. Because what is the answer? I, even I don't know... Poor old Abby Eaton. I mean, Abby had in America, they tried those 90 degree little sleeping policemen. Which we all thought was a great time. idea, but Abby yeah, doesn't. And now I agree she with got it, yeah. She broke her neck. She's yeah. still got brace on and she's recovered. Yeah. An amazing job, you know, on Twitter showing how brave she is trying to come back. But, you know, that was at 90 degrees to the act. I and mean, she just took off and slammed her. Um, of course, I mean, everybody says we'll just penalise them the five seconds. But then if everybody starts doing it, you won't know where the race is and the end of the race. And then what they what already said, they had 37 penalties in a Formula Four race, you know, for different it's, reasons. It's, it's, that, see, that's my solution. So you, you dismiss this. You say, oh, no, because quite right, you want to know live what the result is going to be. You don't want to think, oh, you've got to wait 10 minutes after until they cancel this. But you, if it was a 10 second penalty for exceeding track limits uh, in, that, in that type of thing, four wheels off, off the track, yeah. you exceed track no. limits. Tell me, would you keep doing it? As a driver, would you keep doing no, it but, knowing? But your team and your very rich dad will get the most expensive solicitors and say he was pushed off, they will fight it, they'll appeal it. So then you still don't get the race result for another month when it goes to a court of human rights or something. Yeah, okay. I think it has to be, the car must somehow be slowed. So by going four wheels off, so I mean, I think... Um, GPS. Through, uh, well, yeah, GPS, I thought, that's a lot of people saying GPS. I'm not sure the technology, you'd be worrying if it broke in the middle of the race and your car gets slowed down because your GPS is out of sync. Yeah, I mean, I've been on golf buggies, you know. And if you go to the rough, which I do go to the rough quite a lot, but if you're trying to drive your buggy on some courses, it not cuts off. So, yes, if you took off 5% of the power, just, just slow the car that's gone four wheels off, not dramatically, but just enough no, so dramatically, can't... dramatically. Well, no, because then to... it could cause... You imagine okay. cops caught at Silverstone, the classic, classic yeah. cops, you know, they go yeah. out, they go wide. And if all those cars that went over the curbs, yeah, dropped to 95, you only got to drop 5% for the cars still on track to have an advantage. Actually, the more I think about it, it's the best way. People say we'll put the gravel at the edge of the track, like Paddockville, Bender, yeah, Brands, but then, you know, as soon as the car goes yeah. in and the safety, safety car comes car. out. Yeah. Um, Karun Chandot was saying have this slippery bit, which I quite like. That's good, so you but then you you're going to lose it, aren't you? You're... Well, yeah, then it'll spin. But, then, but yeah. then if you spin and then you're on the tarmac, um, you can then recover and rejoin. But then what if someone I mean, spins behind you? What if someone spins behind you and then they're going to go into well, yeah, you you've got no control go of the car? I mean, if you have been pushed wide as well, you don't really want to be in the gravel, but it wasn't your fault. If you are literally pushed off, mm. um, as happened in the Grand Prix, you know, I mean, 
Lewis was yeah. off, wasn't he? I don't know. I can't remember the driver. Let's not um, go there. So I think you don't want them completely. It might not be their fault, but if you just take away 5% of their power, I mean, there's a rule in the rule book already that you mustn't rejoin the track irresponsibly. Yeah, exactly. So this kid, you Everybody could have done this straight back on. For that. Yeah. yeah. So you come, you don't lift off and you just come yeah. back on and you expect the people on track to, get out to of sort the of jump out of the way. <laughs> Wrong. The guy that's foils off has got to find a way back in. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've never heard the FIA, FIA, anyone at higher levels talking about some sort of speed restriction. Same at Spa, you know, they're now... So I've looked at the spa, amazing money they're spending at spa, putting some gravel in. But the shots I've seen, they're, they're still so huge, far, exactly. That's not going to so stop it idea, because exactly. No, you're still going four wheels off. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's got to be a time penalty, and I get what you're saying that people are going to argue no. it. I was forced off, but but surely that you're not going to keep doing it. You're not if you're going to if yeah, you're going to you get can, a 10 you, but you can't penalty, seal these penalties. I remember a Porsche at Le Mans or an Audi it was, and I raged because on the first lap the bottom of the Dunlop, the famous Dunlop, uh, Porsche curves. I saw what happened. He shot out of the over ramp, got extra speed and overtook a car into yeah. the Ford chicanes. I thought, but I mean, no steward or marshal is going to maybe spot that. They're not a racing driver. Cameras. They don't, un they, cameras. They don't this, understand. This is 2022. Going cameras. off, you, you exit with more speed. And so yeah. if you just... See, Spa, the classic one at Spa is when you get to Radion at the top, you go to the left of the curb, so you straight line that left-hand kink, and you, then you start the huge straight up the hill two miles an hour faster. So if when you went, as soon as you're over that curb, you lose 5% of your power, you know, then you're not, in fact, you'll probably be overtaken by someone like on the track. So, I, like, I really like that GPS idea, but, uh, you know, you go to an MSV track there in the UK, Brands Hats, for example, they've got sensors there, pressure sensors. If you go, if you exceed track limits, the sensor will go off and they'll yeah, take yeah, a photo yeah, of you. So, yeah. but, but the GPS, think it's, we could tap into um, some drivers. You've um, got to be an instant pen, an instant handicap yeah. somehow. Yeah. Drag your back. Maybe what? porridge or something on the truck. <laughs> well, what do our listeners not, not do think? What surface would you not get stuck in, but would slow you just a little bit? Some sort of sticky... Honey? Sticky honey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we want to hear, because it's debating on Twitter, but you can write longer bits here below and, and be, be more interactive on our website. On our, so um, I don't know myself, but what I'm... What is the answer? I don't think there is a, a generic answer. And should there be different solutions for different classes because Formula One's faster than BTCC or whatever. So, but you can't keep gaining advantages by going off a track with no penalty to you whatsoever. You can't keep doing that in motorsport. It's, yeah, because people, they're pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, but uh, what is the answer? I anyway, we, we now move across to the United States of America where a great big concrete wall is attractive. It's <laughs> or for half the track. The, the Daytona 24-hour race is next weekend, and they had the raw before the 24, as they call it, which is all their days testing. And they end up with this 100-mile race where all four drivers had to do about 25 miles each uh, to, to fight for pole position. And it was a fabulous race. I couldn't see it, frustratingly. So I'm not sure people need to tell me below how to watch um, the Daytona 24 hours next weekend, because it's, it's usually on imsa.com. I was tweeting and clicking and my computer ability. Other, others were complaining they couldn't open up. I thought you've got a snazzy new computer this week. Yes, I have. Therefore, I was looking forward to brilliant pictures on my six times more powerful computer that I spent a lot of money on, and it wouldn't work. Uh, anyway, Ricky Taylor uh, 
won the pole is Acura after a last lap lunge by Richard Westbrook, the British driver, his Cadillac. Um, he had a bit of off at a moment, but came back on his second um, to take where he was. Who was on pole? As Ricky Taylor's on pole, Will Stevens is joining Ricky Taylor, his car. He was part of the winning car. Westbrook ended up second. Camus Kobayashi, it's full of great names, was third is his Cadillac. Uh, it's a 60 car grid about the same as Le Mans with a prototype. Jimmy Johnson's out with Luke Kobayashi. The Britain's Oliver Jarvis and Tom Bloomquist are sharing a cura. Sebastian Bordes in the field. The Indian champion Palo. The British driver Alex Lynn. Mike Conway. Harry Tinknell. Uh, then we've got the, the potentially Formula One futures for a couple of IndyCar stars. Pato Award and Colton Herter. They're both in it. It's a fabulous race. I was lucky to do it once on about five or six occasions. And it's just such a different event, you know, with the banks, you know, you use, you use turns one, two, three, and four of the uh, famous NASCAR track. Uh, when I was in my first year, we didn't have a bus stop chicane on the back straight, so I literally went down the old back straight at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and it's such a different type of, I love going there. So when you get down the weird, back straight, when you were going down the back straight. You have to look at the top of the windscreen. Yeah, when you were going down the back straight, is the car set up so you've got to hold it on the back straight because the no, camber... No, no, because there's no. too much in... You couldn't do that because there's too much infield track with a normal left and right-hand corner, so you couldn't have a stagger or anything like that. Okay. But it is scary when you do it, because you have to look at the top. If you're looking for something that's going wrong that you might crash into, you know, 200 yards ahead of you, you've got to look right at the top. And then when you're doing that, you feel like you're moving up to hit the wall. So I can't have to look down again worried about the wall at 200 Amazing. miles an hour. It's amazing, uh, all these different motorsports. Incredible. Funny, when I first went out there about racing's changed, we had an 85-car field. And there were, like, there were like NASCAR hot rods and front-wheel drive hot hatches and just all sorts of cars. The whole infield was black and dark with no spotlights to help us. It was quite an experience. I love watching it. There's always masses of pace cars out there because of the field. So you always end up with about four cars on the lead lap after 24 <laughs> hours. And the America one. So that's show business now. I'm not saying I want to see that in Formula One, but I understand how, you know, having a lot of pace cars means people don't lose, you stay on the race lead on the lead lap, and it does create some very exciting finish, but I absolutely love it. If you make, um, find out about IMSA.com work, I really look forward to watching that next weekend. Okay, something else next weekend that you might not be looking forward to watching, I don't want to put words into your mouth. Formula no, e. well, I know. Formula no, E returns I'm, with this very snazzy new, very snazzy new advertising. Oh, have you seen campaign. that? Have you seen that? No, well, no. Have How you... much money did they spend on that? My what goodness! If you about? haven't seen it, Formula E, um, they've just launched. They're in Saudi Arabia next weekend, kicking off 2022 season, <laughs> and they've just launched with this incredible advert. Wow, how? I mean, goodness knows how much money that must be, but uh, they've clearly got a few, a few quid. But I think <laughs> ultimately they need to get people to be watching it and enjoying the races. And so far, we haven't seen uh, a, a huge amount of excitement. There's been lots no. of small pockets of excitement, but for for racing fans, I don't think it's quite there. Well, it, it remains an energy saving format. They admit that you know it's energy saving. You have to save forty percent of your power to make the finish. So. Yeah, so to the, to the outside eye, you might think it looks so close. Gosh, they're all so close for the whole race. Well, that's because all the drivers have only got 1.6 of power to use. Um, they're all very, very good drivers. They're all very close around the corners. They drive to a computer program, a little bleep in their ear. So you're full throttle to your bleep, and then you have to lift and coast, regen, 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 brake corner. So it's, that's why it's not my cup of tea, but it still is quite spectacular. And a lot of people like it, people going more electric. So I will always give it a chance. And um, 
The reason I like, I'm interested for this season more than any, it's the last season of the Gen 2, they've been Gen New Car at the end of this year. And they call it, the, they keep on doing the, they call it, by the way, in case you're confused, the 21-22 season, even though all the races are in 19, in 2022. Next season is the 2022-23. You're going to say 1922 then when you, were, when you were about seven years old. Oh, man. But why do they keep calling it the 21-22 season when all the races were in 2022? Some things they do, the legacy I, I don't thing understand. When it overlaps anyway, two seasons. They've got this new qualifying. Yeah, it is a legacy, but why keep it? Yeah. Um, new qualifying leagues. One of the biggest problems was the fact that the fastest guys had to qualify first group and they were on the dirty track and then the slowest guys got pole and then everybody won a race. So therefore, everybody could win the championship. wasn't meritorious at all. Um, now they've got the new system where they've got this knockout system so the quicker guys should progress in every round. So we, we will likely... Have less race winners for Too sure. Confusing. Just simplify. No, at least, well, at least the meritocracy. At least you're now getting. I love round. that word as well. The meritocracy. Faster, yeah, meritocracy. Meritocracy. The word of the week, Susie Dench. Get it up there. And uh, uh, they're two cars short this year, of course, because Audi left. Yeah. Um, Mercedes in their final year. BMW already gone, but Andretti Motorsport have carried on without their backing, without BMW's backing. Big excitement, though, in the press. Did you read it? The new team for next year's Gen 3. Go on. Maserati. Oh, wow. I saw that, actually. Um, Come to mention it. I mean, you know, they're, they're a, ever since the 250F and winning the World Championship with um, Fangio in they're pretty much on the edge of motorsport. They haven't really been mainstream motorsport for a long, long time. No. Um, sports cars, of course, they won the uh, FIA sports cars with them. What was that model number, especially made for racing and ruined GT racing by dominating MC, it? Uh, uh, yeah, the M12. Uh, MC12. Anyway. And now's the MC20 coming out. But that's next year. So two cars down for this year. Um, and of course, we lose. So we're going to lose at the end of the year. We're losing Mercedes at the end of the year. They're going. Um, so it's still it's still a bit iffy so for the manufacturer's are, support. Are there so speaking of manufacturer support? Are there any manufacturers out there that want to support you going to a Formula E race? I would love to see it. I'd love to see <laughs> how it is. Whether you get bought into it, and a bit of live reporting from Tiff and Dale. So any manufacturers? Let me, at, let me look at the calendar first. I want to go somewhere hot. I don't, you know, I want to go. To, where, where, where have we got next? <laughs> he might not be able to do that. Um, and, and they do like, like Mexico, Mexico, yeah, Mexico City, yeah, quite nice. Yeah, Mexico, uh, very nice. So, um, um, some driving yeah. changes, of course. The, the big interest for Brits, we've got Dan Tictum in joining uh, Oliver Turvey and all British lined up at Neo. Oh, it's gonna kick so, off with yeah, Dan, isn't Dan. It? I'm sorry, Dan, we love your driving. He is <laughs> not in the first race, anyway. Oh, I can't wait for his radio reports from Effie. Jim Vanazzi's having a go, he's gone to Dragon Penske. Uh, Oliver Rowland, the British driver, switched to Mahindra and he's now joining other Brits, another all British team, uh, Oliver Rowland and Alexander Sims. Uh, Max Gunther's taken Rowland's place at Nissan. Oliver Askew, one of the American IndyCar stars who hasn't got an IndyCar drive this year, he's joined Andretti uh, in place of Gunther and he's alongside Jake Dennis. A lot of British drivers in Formula E. Alex Lynn, Lyon, Lynn. Is, is the only Brit we've lost. He's gone off to do full time world sports cars, so I'm sure he's quite happy doing that. And again, the new qualifying, all on Formula on Channel Four. They've advertised big excitement. I don't think it's all going to actually be on Channel Four because it's also maybe on Four Sport YouTube. Um, certainly, I've already looked up the qualifying Friday. It's a double header this week. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, two races, um, and you've got to go to Four Sport YouTube. So go there, look. 
watch the new qualifying, see how the race goes. Who should we be looking out for this year, Tiff, in terms of manufacturers and drivers? My, I think driver-wise, Jake Dennis was the big surprise. I mean, he suddenly came really hot at the end of last year. Surely Dan um, Tickton's going to be up there. Surely he. I mean, well, he's, he's going a sensational to, driver. It just depends Sam on Burke. his Of course, Sam's, Sam's Sam, there. Yeah, Sam's there another year with Jaguar, you know, yeah. with Evans. So Sam's, yeah, we have got, God, must be about six or seven, six or seven British drivers out of the 22 on the grid or 20 cars, whatever it is. The 22, I think, we're to. Well, it's all funny names. And, you know, it's Mercedes, the big one in their last year. You know, Porsche is still there. Audi and Porsche are leaving, I think, at the end of this year as well. So it's going to be, guess, yeah, let's give it a go. We are giving it a should, go. We give it a bit of stick. We should have. I hated it when you turned on and the championship leader qualifies 18th. And your puppy's all like, wow, yeah. the championship leader. So at least the championship leader should always probably be in the first five or six every round and we'll get that more meritorious championship. So Saudi so, it is. More Saudi. Saudi. Is. We're living in Saudi. We went from Dakar to Middle East at the Formula Fours and Middle East for everything. So it's a place to be for motorsport at the moment, apart from, of course, Daytona Beach, baby, for the 24 hours. So let me just ask you a question. I love putting you on the spot. I was just having a chat with Alex Legie, who does WRC, amongst other things. Yes. And I told her the, the Oracle. She didn't know the answer, by the way. She's a little bit embarrassed. What's the difference between WTC and BTCC in terms of power? What would be the faster car? And do you know the difference between the, the two? No, I do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what power is. Well, not in terms of well, that. What well, would that... be faster? What, what's the difference? One's a World Series, and they're, they're very similar cars. I don't. I, it would, I don't... Well, no, the world's the World Series cars are much more high tech. I mean, you yeah. see the, the money the money they spend on those the manufacturers. They're very very high tech. They're only front wheel drive, of course. You know, BTCC you've got rear wheel drive as well. Um, I think BTC is slightly bigger. I don't know, to be honest. It depends on the time. Rubber will be a big thing. I don't know the power output, but I don't. I mean, WT, World, the World Series is rubbish because it's all front-wheel drive and there's only about nine tin boxes and they have reverse grids and seven-lap races for a World Championship. It's, it's no. <laughs> Not for a World Championship. BTCC is show business, reverse grids, weight penalties, all sorts of things, and that's fine. It's a wonderful show. Great, but not for a world championship. So I don't care. They're quicker. They're rubbish. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed this wonderful show and you didn't think this was rubbish. And uh, thanks as always for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Cheers. Bye. Yeah.